once you take that model that we're seeing in NFTs and apply it to other spaces, like for example, video games, um, the possibilities grow exponentially because, you know, imagine you're on Fortnite and you do, you develop your own skin as an NFT and you sell that to a thousand people who want to play uh, as the skin in, in, in Fortnite and then they resell it and it keeps going up and up. I mean, honestly, I, I think that the NFT wave that we saw is going to slow down, but then once video games adopt it, it becomes a trillion dollar in this industry. And that money isn't just going to Epic or Activision or Sony, it's going to the people who are creating content within the games. Um, we're not there yet, but I think that's where it's gonna go. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place to talk about the crypto space. And that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Hey, Clarence, can you hear us? Yeah, hello. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. I'm Tyler, by the way. Nice to meet you. And Larry, Larry, on your left or on your right? I can never get it right. On, on this side, this? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other one. Okay. So Mike <laughs> couldn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, Slime Sunday is very slammed today. <laughs> slammed yeah, Monday? Slammed Monday. Um, yeah it's monday so it makes sense yeah right well, is it tuesday for you are you uh after three minutes <laughs> wow <laughs> we appreciate you carving out some time man this is um yeah we're excited is, to talk to you yeah thank you for inviting me this is my like uh working hour since today i woke up at like 2 p.m so it's that's what we've kind of heard from the artists is night owls for sure yeah, yeah, it's the same for me. And so you, are you already working on something new? I know you have the Nifty Gateway drop this Thursday, so that's got to be done, right? Yeah, yeah, I already have finished that. I would have a lot of anxiety if I haven't, if I hadn't finished that already. So, Well, we've talked to some people that were uh, right up at the deadline delivering really? their assets to Nifty. Yeah, very scary situations. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. So. We decided about the... April 1st since January uh, after my first drop. So yeah, now I'm talking to a producer of Nifty and yeah, this is how it works. I don't know about the next date, if there will be a next date or something, but I guess if it goes well, it should be, but yeah, let's see. Well, fingers crossed for you, man. We were on that early drop in January. I think I had just started on the platform in maybe November. So my Wheezy was one of my first NFTs that I got on Nifty Gateway. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for using it as a profile. Yeah, uh, man, I, I can't change it. I I feel uh, attached to it at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah even when you change it, I won't feel offended or anything. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe uh, maybe there'll be something new in the next drop. I'll just keep it rolling. Yeah. Yeah, you hit a couple Little Wayne fanboys, so um, <laughs> that was at home pretty quick. Tyler was actually just telling me, and I was looking at, at some of your stuff in your profile. I didn't realize that you ran every day pretty much. So you're kind of on the constant grind 
um, yeah, yeah. Out. How long have you been doing it? And yeah, I started it in 2017. Uh, I was inspired from people who are doing the same thing, like the same uh, project, the everydays. Uh, of course, people that everyone knows, but there's also Baugasm project. I don't know if uh, you know it. And also Magdia Lopez, uh, Render, who also did that. And uh, it's only people who hasn't stopped yet. The, the other people that I mentioned aren't doing every days anymore, but I'm afraid to, to stop because I'm afraid that I will procrastinate. So yeah, this is why I continue to, to do it because it puts me on pressure to create something. Yeah, I hope to do like 10 years or something like that. But That'd be awesome. Now yeah, now I'm on the, uh, the fourth year. And actually with the NFTs, it's uh, like I have more motivation to, to keep doing it because first of all, it will raise the value of my work and it will help the collectors, I guess, to, to get more value from it. And besides that, so, like sometimes it is difficult to, to do every days when you also have client works, but now with the NFTs, since all the artists are earning more money, uh, they can choose what to do so they can keep doing personal projects and, and say no to to clients. So yeah, it's definitely a motivation for me to to keep doing this, the everyday's project. And actually I started it as a way to improve my my work. So I've seen that it works, so I'll continue to to do it. Nice. So do you do you have a process on whether you're going to create something new for an NFT or pick something from a past every day that you liked and maybe tweak it a little or. Yeah. Like, uh, I think what I have done until now is I've created artworks uh, having in mind that this may be an NFT. And then I see how people react to it. And if, for example, I get a lot of likes on Instagram or Twitter, if I see that people like it, there is a higher chance that a collector will also like it. So, yeah, I also do that kind of test. It's a good feeding side. system for sure. And a good, you know, litmus test for that. I think Exulo kind of does something similar, kind of puts it all out in Instagram and kind of see where it lands. So smart yeah. move. Yeah. I've never done like an every day and share it immediately uh, as an NFT. I would be kind of insecure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to see if it does well first, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And So tell us about, mm -hmm. um, the project that's dropping on April Fool's Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it is a, a collection that I'm, uh, like the name of it is called uh, Digital Renaissance. And uh, basically what I'm doing is using some uh, famous painting uh, and remix them in my style to, to make them digital in a way. Since, yeah, this is what people are saying now that digital art is also real art and uh, i've also made like a description about this the idea behind my my collection and it's not to make a statement but it's more to to raise questions like uh, is digital art real art what is original uh if an artwork should have meaning and stuff like that so yeah this is why i decided to go with this kind of style and direction since i think like i'm using paintings that are already done and I'm doing a remix of them. So should this be considered real art or not? And 
it's not just me who does that and it's not about just the painting but even 3d artists they you just get the resources and remix them like uh, in every medium i guess even collage art is just remixing pictures that are already done so yeah that was my idea yeah i can definitely see that it's like i mean it's basically what culture is in itself you know it's like it just morphs over time and it's kind of cool to see what the digital age brings to those um, paintings as well. And they're not all from the Renaissance period, right? They're all paintings from different time periods. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, like my idea was to just find paintings that are famous or a lot of like people know, know them. And actually there is also a piece of, uh, I did Elon Musk as, but in a style of like the, the Renaissance period, he's like a priest. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to adjust it with the style of the other pieces. So it's not just artworks, art uh, paintings from the Renaissance period. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like the old, like the question, is there an original script now? Like it, isn't every movie just like a ripoff of another movie? Eventually at what point can you stop making you know, original content. Um, yeah. And I, I like that there's, you do see good themes, but getting to hear kind of, you know, where, where people come from on their theme development and how and they translate it to their projects is always super cool. There's um, also uh, a video that I saw a few months ago or maybe a year ago, and it changed my perspective about things. And it is a TED talk actually from Kirby Ferguson. He says that everything is a remix and he also has done some more videos explaining that co uh, that concept and uh yeah this is what he says that like everything is just a remix of something that was done before like even on on movies uh let's say there's always uh, a couple someone loves someone else who and he or she doesn't love him back. Right, there's but, a climax, there's some kind of problem there, and then it ends yeah. up working out in the end. Or plot so, twist, it doesn't sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but to wrap yeah. it back around to Lil Wayne, like his mixtapes are some of my favorite things, and those started out as other people's songs. And as long as you execute it just as well or a little bit better than the original, then it's always going to be received well. Yeah, of course, when you remix something, you should be aware to not make it look bad in a way so hey you pay homage to it like again with with Lil Wayne it's like he, he copies the flow as well and maybe even the ending rhyme words will be similar to the original song but in its own style that's recognizable as long as you're doing something that connects it to the original but put your own flair on it and it's not like um just arbitrary I think as long as there's a meaning behind it people notice that yeah exactly and by the way I I was uh yeah I remember I used to have like a screenshot of a Facebook post from uh, Slime Sunday, and he he talked about something like what is original because he used to do some uh, uh, editings with the face uh, liquid and yep yeah he did an explanation of that like is this original or did I saw that somewhere something like that and it's been a long time but I remember that I liked that and I took a screenshot of it. <laughs> yeah as a collage artist i'm sure like you know he starts with a lot of stock photos from you know old penthouse magazines, magazines and stuff yeah, yeah so it's like yeah he definitely understands that are you um 
are you on any other platforms right now? I should probably a dumb question, but where else are you? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm around a, and what's your impression on using other platforms? Uh, I'm on Makerspace. That was the first uh, platform for me, and I'm also on Super Air uh, and on Foundation. And I don't want to be on Foundation anymore, but, but uh, <laughs> holding yeah. the spot. You You're done just, with Foundation. I just I just shared one piece there because a collector invited me so i was i just did that but uh i did that before seeing how the platform works and then i saw it and i don't like it to be honest because i think it it doesn't help the creators the new the new creators is it a gatekeeping aspect like where you kind of need to be invited to the platform or anything like that no it's more uh like i see it from the perspective of a of a new artist because I guess it is easier to get into foundation instead of super air or makers place. But to be successful there, you'll, I, I think that you already have to have collectors because you have to advertise it yourself. You have to share it on Twitter, on Instagram. And uh, if you don't have collectors, then there is a chance, but when you open foundation page, you see only artworks that, that already have a bid and to see the new artworks that there is another page but then in a few minutes your artwork is like on the third page and stuff like that so in that sense i think it doesn't really help the collect the the, the new artists since you also can't find them there is not a search bar there's yeah no i've been stru- so. fuck render mentioned that too and we struggle with it it's terrible I, i've been yeah. struggling to find anything there the only thing i do find is people that, that either retweet or put their link yeah. out of you know where they're managing i didn't realize how much of a i mean it's all really self-controlled the good thing is like you guys have the right to choose what you want to do right yeah and the right to you know get in and at least give it a give it a trial run for me Um, i'm already on super air so that's the platform that everyone wants to be in so i don't have any complaints but i'm thinking more for the other artists who aren't there yet yeah, I'm flipping through your stuff right now, and I can't believe that I, I I don't know why I think I just assumed that you were not a nifty exclusive guy, but I'm looking at the eight pieces you have in here, and these are these are fucking dope. Uh, Thank they're you. They're a little Thank different than, than the stuff that I've, I'm used to seeing. Thank um, you. I haven't, you mean about the, the Super Air or Maker's Place? I like your Super, I'm looking at your Super collection right now. I haven't even looked at the Maker's one, but um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Do you you do different sorts of style a little bit or different um, subjects on different platforms? Like, I always struggle with this. Like, where should I put artwork? But I think on Super Air, people tend to spend more. So on Super Air, I put pieces like that I think are my best pieces. And on Maker's Place, uh, I put pieces that I, that I like, but... If I think because on Makerspace, I tend to sell them for less. So this is how I decide about where to put an artwork. But lately, I haven't shared much since I've been focused more on my nifty drop. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to rush because I've heard from other artists and especially uh, Render gave me this advice to not uh, share really often. And I do every day. so. I have content, but I want to to be patient with with what I share. Yeah, 
Makes sense. You can strategize and, and pick your spots with yeah. when. And I, I like the uh, – I think it's easy for someone to – and everyone has their own choice, but to, you know, oversaturate their stuff, you know, whether you – I feel like if I if I had as much content as someone like you did, I, it'd be hard to not just put something on there every day. <laughs> just Okay, <laughs> check this out if you want it. Yeah, the scarcity game has to be hard, especially when you're doing every day, like Larry was saying. It's like – you have so much. You can only yeah. put out so much of it. Yeah, I guess I can keep it because maybe at some point I can share it as a collection or something. Right, a big like a super collage, kind of like the the people every days. Yeah, just need to make ten more years of every day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, that sounds like the plan. I mean, everyone's been saying you know they're ditching client work and they can say no to ninety five percent of things at this point. And I'm wondering who's actually picking up the client work these days. Like, what are these <laughs> companies gonna do? Nobody's yeah, going to make art for them. <laughs> I wonder about that too. Like, where are they going? But, but I guess there are studios that already have artists who work for them. So they can't say no, I guess. Because I think there are a lot of artists who are not famous in a way. They just work for studios and they don't have time to do personal works, but they are really great at what they do. So I guess these are the people who can do the client works for now, but it's kind of unfair because I know that there are a lot of them who are really good at what they do and they should transition to personal work to be part of the NFT world. What type of client work were you doing before? I mean, are you still, assuming you still do some, but. Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I mostly work with uh, clients like really related to music. Uh, for example, now- So also, DJ Snake. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest clients I can say. I'm also doing something for ultra music now. So yeah, mostly related to, to music. And that's the festival, right? Yeah, uh, I'm doing some content for, for their YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, I was gonna ask you, I was like, oh, when are they doing festivals again? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can ask them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm always curious to how people want to structure what they're putting out. So like with the Nifty Drop, what type of um, release structure, additions, what was your kind of thinking on how you're going to break it down? And I, like my initial thought was to make 10 pieces and then decide about the structure. And after I did 10 pieces, then I was talking to uh, someone from Nifty, a Nifty moderator. His name is Jackie. And if he listens to this, thank you, Jackie, because he really helped me with a with a structure and with a with a pricing since he also is a collector and i wanted to see it more from his perspective uh, to try and make the prices affordable for everyone so the collectors are also happy since i don't want to make this just to get some money and then disappear so yeah, yeah this is why i talked with him but of course there is also uh, the Nifty producer, uh, Matthew, that, that I talked to and I proposed a structure based on what I talked with Jackie and we just did some minor changes. Uh, so yeah, about the structure, I decided to go with three open, open editions. Yeah, three open editions, one, three, 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 one, five, 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 and one, seven, seven, seven. These are the, the prices. Nice. Uh, one pack of four artworks 200 editions price of the pack 666 then there is 
one silent auction, edition of five. Then there is a one on one edition. And also there is an artwork that nine of nine, yeah, nine yeah. of nine uh, edition. And this, this one will be part of, the, of a giveaway. So I will pick three people. Uh, I will pick nine people from the, uh, from the ones who get uh, one of my open editions, like three from one, three from one, and three from yeah. the other one. And nice. that's creative. Yeah, this will be the, the giveaway. Yeah, that's the, the structure. It, the drop page is not created yet, but I don't think that there will be any changes. Yeah. Before we get into the artwork, I, I really like the price points that you chose, especially for the open editions. Like we've seen a big contraction lately with people dropping at $1,500 just consistently for opens and now they're selling for half the price. So you definitely yeah. don't want to see that. It's probably tracking with the crypto market, which seems to be a little nutty right now. So uh, seeing it from the collector's point of view, this is why I decided to go with those prices. So all of them are great. I mean, I, the pack sounds awesome too. I mean, love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to bid on the silent at those prices. I really think I could get a chance and I get paid on the 31st. So let's oh, go. Thank you. <laughs> those are some, those you can tell that you had a drop before the boom because those are some like, uh, just like OG prices. Oh yeah. 125 for Wheezy. Yeah. What a steal back then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, but when I first started, I was like, oh yeah, everything was about, you know, a hundred bucks or so. And it just blew up, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I like, however, the amount of money that I make out of this is already great. So it's not like I will say, oh, let's not make it 333. Let's make it uh, 888. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Really at this point. Yeah. I mean, the packs could have been a thousand bucks easy and you still would have sold 200 of them. Yeah. So that just shows a lot. Like the money doesn't matter to you because anyone, anyone can get a thousand dollars for 200 editions of anything at this point. Right. Yeah, I I was just thinking like like it's nerve wracking to put yourself out there anyway. Imagine like just overpricing it, you know what Oof, I mean? Yeah. And from the beginning, you see like the one dollar drops. You know how fast can you click? You know fifty cents, one cent, whatever it might be. Like the slime and in the Mad Dogs and and all the um you know that OG wave. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's good to see. I, I like that structure a lot, and I think the giveaway is cool. Because it, it it provides the, the the incentive and then the uh, did you say you were doing a silent auction of five yeah of five yeah that's good. I like that yeah. too your collectors have a voice you know and and you're not just like putting a stamp on that's what this costs so yeah um, <laughs> this was the uh, six of ten piece that's part of the giveaway it's uh it's a Da Vinci right yeah yeah that that is part of the of the giveaway I yeah. uh, like. We were deciding about the the pack, uh, like for five artworks, and uh, I wanted to do to make part of the giveaway my third favorite one. This one I decided to go with uh, with that. So, yeah, I hope also people like it because like someone told me that that's my least favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my intention. <laughs> What's the uh, the name of the actual painting from the, the pitchfork one? Because I've seen that a lot in pop culture as well. I'm yeah. just not uh, familiar with the name. American Gothic, I think. The pitchfork yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, so cultured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually really relevant now. Yeah, that will be part of the pack. And I put that because on the pack, since there are four, I decided to go with the chances like 30, 30, 30, and 10. 
and the American Gothic one will have a chance of 10 uh, since it is my, my favorite. And I've seen that a lot of people liked it too based on Instagram likes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have a, you have a measuring stick, you have like a meter yeah. that can yeah. at least put some feelers out. Um, I feel like Mike's done one with this one, that the girl with the pearl earring. That will also be part of the pack. Lots of cool ones, man. Thank you. Thank you. We got Jesus in here. Yeah, that will be part of the open edition. That is uh, the one that a lot of people on Discord uh, liked too. And I decided to make it 333, the, the price. Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good idea too, to get the feeler on which one's going to be the 333 and 555 and then 777. And there's already a 333 army out there that uh, that slime is kind of yeah <laughs> rounded about so if there's a 333 they're gonna have to hop on it yeah. true i hope you sell four thousand of them dude. Oh, thank you thank you i don't want to put to put that to make that expectations because oh not at all no yeah just hope for the best for you yeah exactly thank you so. i have no idea like how i know you guys use these different what type of systems do you use or what type of products do you use for your yeah i use uh i use photoshop uh, After Effects, like the Adobe products, and also I experiment a little bit with Cinema 4D, Dell Studio, yeah, the, the softwares that everyone uses during this time, but mostly I feel more comfortable with Photoshop and After Effects, and these are the softwares that I've used for this collection. So yeah, I wanted to use the softwares that I, where I feel more comfortable and I feel like I can do the, the best. So. You do tutorials with those, right? Yeah, yeah. I also do tutorials. I, I started making tutorials since I started to do every days because, uh, like, as I was uh, creating new things, I I was trying to experiment, and by experimenting, I started to learn new things, and then I had that I wanted to share what I learned. So this is how it is how I started to make tutorials, and yeah, lately. Uh, I did a course with Domestica. I don't know if you know the platforms, the platform, but it's a Spanish platform, but it is really famous for courses. And that is like the first professional course that I ever made because like the previous one was just me screen recording. Yeah, doing it within one day just to just to share something. While that one uh, is the longest course, like about three or four hours and uh, the process took months. Uh, so yeah, and I've I want to I want to keep making tutorials after after this uh, drop because I don't want I don't want to forget about the community who uh, follows me for for my courses. And actually, last year, maybe in 2019, but yeah, let's say like in in one year, uh, I had a contract with. Behance, it's a uh, Adobe and Behance to make live streams, and I did like six hours of live streams every week, where I shared wow. my yeah, where I shared shared my process of work, just like doing the daily artwork. So maybe I should also share them on YouTube so other people can see. So I have a lot of content where I share my process. So. A lot of people don't understand the work that goes into it. And it's a lot of being in front of the computer for long hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's 
the, the main part, just to be in front of the computer. I think people yeah. love to see the process nowadays, because especially if they're buying it, like if you're not just pushing out prints and people are just buying, you know, stuff from your website, knowing what you're, what's behind your work, I think is um, a big yeah. facet to why people buy nowadays. So you got a pretty yeah. solid foundation between every days and six hours a week worth of tutorials. <laughs> yeah. You got like a library to go back to. Yeah. So, and as I said, I want to keep doing this and actually I have kind of recorded two other tutorials and they were, since I was thinking to share more free content on YouTube, uh, I wanted to make the, the tutorials uh, short and fast. So it's not like a one hour tutorial, but it's more like a yeah. straightforward thing. And yeah, I have something that I started to do since November, but I have to finalize it so I can share it. Because um, since November, I think, when the NFT thing started to uh, get bigger, I haven't focused too much on the tutorials, but yeah, <laughs> I know that I should go back to it. And I also, by the way, I, I will do another course with Domestica uh, since the first one is going pretty well. They, they shared it on December and it already has around 10,000 uh, students. Wow. So yeah, so yeah, I'll do another one. And I'll just ask, since I haven't decided yet about the, what will I teach? I guess I'll just ask on Instagram, what would people like to learn yep. and, and do it. So I think that'll work out well, man. Um, I saw online that you like to experiment. So what um, other software are you playing around with that you might not be hundred percent comfortable in yet to release an NFT, but you know, you're starting to create with it. Yeah. At, at this point, uh, I'm trying to get better at, uh, 3D, so Cinema 4D mainly. And a few hours ago, I was watching some tutorials from uh, Josh Pierce. I don't know if I said his name right, but yeah, we've had him on as well. Nice guy. Yeah. yeah. So he does those kind of uh, landscapes uh, that I really like. And yeah, I'm trying to get better at 3D because uh, this is where I don't feel very comfortable. And it is also because you need a really good workstation to be able to create 3D artwork that you like, like simulations and stuff like that. So un until uh, September of last year, I was always working with my laptop. So had to upgrade some new yeah. graphics cards. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right now I have a graphic card. I have a workstation, but so it gives me a better chance to to learn new things in 3D. Uh, but I see that I have to update my workstation again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the the idea to keep uh, learning on uh, the 3D software like Cinema 4D. Yeah, and, and the profits that you get from selling art is that something you're just reinvesting back into yourself and back into the, the projects. Yeah, yeah, and like this is my my passion. So whenever I see like a 3D artwork, I always have this thing that like. I want to learn how to do it because I, I like it and I say, oh, how is this done? And just to get to that point, of course, I have to, to learn it. So yeah, it's just about since I, as I said in the beginning, I started the process, the, the project of every day is to, to learn new things. So I have to stay true to the first idea of why I started it. So yeah, to get better.
Yeah, I was just thinking of Josh's stuff. Your um, you guys would be palleted pretty well. His um, his landscapes and your your color schemes would probably yeah match. Pretty <laughs> yeah, I can well. make his landscapes more trippy, I guess. So. Yeah, and then his portal just white or black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, nice contrast there. I think that would be a cool collab. Yeah. He just yeah. did one with OG Sports too, right? OG Esports. Yep. Yeah, I think it was yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I think you're dropping with Tom Yu. We've been anticipating yeah. as well from like an early, uh, like Nifty Gateway person as well. Yeah, we are on the same date. So. Yep. Anyone in particular you're collecting or which platforms do you like to collect on? Uh, I have collected a few, a few, like just two, yeah, two pieces on Nifty. One from Josh and another one from Andre, I think. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing the name right. The yeah. one with the dogs, I don't know, with uh, plants. In the, there is a face, opens the eyes. There is a plant with some butterflies. But yeah, you will have to go. To I'll, I'll look at your profile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also uh, collected my my piece, like the Wheezy piece from my open editions yeah. because I want to do a giveaway on Discord and give it to someone. And besides that, I've collected two pieces on uh, No Origins. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, a piece of my friend I wanted to, since he's new to crypto art, uh, I wanted to support him. So yeah, I collected his work. What's his name? Uh, his his name, like his art name is Necrofear FX. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He's now on Makerspace. So yeah, you can find him there. <laughs> And the other uh, collection that I did was from Stu. He he has this really uh, cool, colorful uh, style that I really like. And uh, we ha- I've talked with him, and we will do a collaboration. That so- makes sense. Stu Bollinger, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are uh, the Rainbow Kings. Yeah. <laughs> so I collected uh, one of his piece and pieces and. Uh, I've also put some bits on foundation for some artworks that I've that I really like. I wanted to collect one from Magdia Lopez, and I put a bit on it, but then it ended up like someone collected it for five ETH, and yeah, I'm not on that position. Yeah, <laughs> nor am I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've also put some bits on on Super Air, and it is mostly. To, to support uh, like other artists, although maybe like uh, someone is expecting to get a bit of 10, let's say I put a bit of two and get it I started. know that, yeah, I know that uh, he will not accept my bid, but I know that it will help uh, the other yeah. artists. So that is also a reason, like even when I, I know that I will not collect it, I also try to be helpful. So. Yeah, I'm try- trying to take this slowly. I don't want to just collect pieces just just because a lot of people are doing it. I want yeah. to be mindful about it. So the uh, I just showed Tyler. It's the Andre Andre's Zunko piece that you have. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. talking to him next, I think. Yeah, I'm. I've been a fan of his work uh, like since maybe two or, since I discovered his work. So yeah, I definitely wanted to have his artwork. Part of my collection and actually something else that prevented me to collect more on nifty because uh, there are a lot of artists that i like especially uh like my favorite 
collection so far has been the one from Euphoria. And yeah, the five to, fears or the, yeah, 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 the five fears. I wanted to collect one of his his uh, piece from Open Editions, but at that time I had to pay from my credit card, but I had like a limitation, and yeah, I couldn't. But now I can pay from my uh, Nifty balance. There's some good yeah. prices out there for the mistake right now. I actually almost bought a second one today. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I should check that. Definitely. And by the way, I will also. I want to also get one from today's open editions. I think it will be on fifteen minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say is there the uh, Calvin Harris. Uh, not the the uh, with the colorful nature. Oh, that's crazy! So all of your drops are at like one in the morning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's terrible. Oh. It's funny you yeah. just sit in a dark room watching the editions go. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, even last time it was like that. I was just staying here. I was scared that nothing will sell. <laughs> and then after a few seconds, it's, uh, it says sold out. I was I know, shocked. I mean, the whole thing is kind of shocking. Yeah. Just in general, coming out of nowhere. Yeah. But it seemed like even from the beginning, how hard it was to, to get a piece, right? Yeah. It's like some of these, like, okay. I'm not a robot. I cannot <laughs> click fast enough to get one of these. <laughs> so I was just gonna say I'm looking at these open editions right now. They, they look, they do look pretty cool. There's a lot of the seven seven sevens from Robert, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, John. these are the ones that I was referring to. I like that selection. I like that a lot. He's also, uh, I think he's using the same pieces for silent auctions, and he will share some physical pieces for people who get them. Nice. Yeah. Are you in the physical game at all? Have you thought about it? Yeah, I've thought about it and I want to, I guess what I will do after this job is for every uh, artwork or NFT that I share on, for example, Super Air, the collector uh, will get also a physical piece. And I just need to talk with uh, companies, for example, the infinite objects or Infinite Objects is the one that does those kind of yeah. frames, you know, right? Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I just need to talk with them so we can kind of agree like when the collectors buy it, they can do it and ship it to them because if they send it in Albania, then I have to ship it to the collector. It will be kind That's of That's tricky. It's, it's like people are trying to figure out logistics now more so. Even the back end of like, if I resell this, do I have to sell the physical with it? Or can I keep the physical? Like, how do, how does that work? Yeah, um, oh, I never thought of that actually. Like, yeah. it has to be like a a locked in date. Like, whoever like when you send in your address or something, right? That has to be like, if you trade it after that, you messed up. Or if you buy one <laughs> after that, right? I mean, well, think of it if you have like a if you buy one on Super and you get an infinite object, right? And you ha you get it. Yeah, you like it's shipped and you physically have it and then you have it listed and someone buys it. You can keep the infinite object, right? Yeah. Right. Or, I would imagine so. Or do you send it in good in, in you could if you want to be a nice guy, but you could probably <laughs> split them and sell them both. I mean, oh, so it's a wild also, west. <laughs> you can also sell like the infinite object. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you time. could find a buyer somewhere. Yeah, yeah. those people <laughs> probably go for a lot. Just yes, I guess it adds value. Uh, if you send also a physical piece, but then I never thought of this issue of yeah of getting the physical piece and not sharing it to the other one who buys it. So 
maybe they'll have something where you like to unlock the infinite object, you have to scan the QR code of the actual NFT and the tokens match and like force them to be together in the future. <laughs> yeah, maybe there, there is something that infinite object companies should think. Yeah, of. we're going to cut this out and sell it to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We have a couple questions from the Discord, though. Uh, some of uh, the Discord people at that snifty uh, have some questions for you. So, okay, uh, this one's from Sharambe. Um, okay. <laughs> they want to know how you choose subjects like Wheezy, Jaden, and Travis Scott. Like for me, it's pretty simple. Like uh, I, as I said, I do everydays, so I also like to work with portraits and. Some days I think I like I think of a certain style and I think oh this would look good in this person. So I also like the celebrities that I do portraits of. So yeah, it's a simple way of thinking. It's not like I overthink it. I just think of a style, then I think of uh, who would it match to, mm -hmm. and then I do it. So shout out Sharamba. That was the first live Discord question we've ever fielded. Yeah, we gave oh. it a little short notice, so we don't <laughs> we don't have that many. The actual the next one's actually not even a question. Uh, this is from La Flama Blanca. They just wanted to say they love the podcast and Clarence, you're the man. Oh, thank you, thank you. What was the name? Because I La Flama Blanca. La Flama Blanca. Okay. Thank I'll, you. Uh, I'll uh, yeah, get them on here. Twitter. There you go. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to figure out how to invite people in here. You probably know how to do that. Yeah, I couldn't say the name of the previous person who did the question, but thank you for the question <laughs> to that person. <laughs> and I'm, are you fairly new to Twitter? I mean, that was something that was new to me in this whole NFT community. Yeah, I'm new. I joined maybe, uh, maybe I was on Twitter before, but I started to post there on November, yeah. I guess, or even later. I don't know. That's about Instagram is more visual, right? I mean, that's, I've heard that that's the main place for artists, but people are kind of pulling away from it now. You know, they have other places to show their work. Yeah, I guess I like Instagram because like when someone opens your profile, they can see your work and they like it or not based on that they follow you or not. While on Twitter, it seems pretty messy to me. Like when I open someone's profile, I don't know if they are sharing their work or someone else's work. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, but it seems like the collectors are there, so we should try to adjust. It's just um, more conversational, I feel like. Yeah, Instagram was um, a little harder to have a conversation in the comments section, especially with a yeah. lot of bots. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, like, on Instagram, I always try to uh, respond to all my DMs, although lately... It's been really difficult. <laughs> Humble brag. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, there is this thing that when you open Twitter, it seems uh, it seems like you missed something. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. It's, it's so long to scroll through. Sometimes you just have to like forget about it and go to the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like that. So I get more anxiety when, when I open Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have to adjust <laughs> But at the same time, I always have this struggle, like, uh, because when you are on Twitter, you can reply to people, you can talk, that you can end up yeah. spending the whole day on Twitter. But then I also have to, to work 
to <laughs> but like i have to work and then if i'm not on twitter it will look like i don't care about right. the community so, so yeah it's always difficult for me to do to make that balance sometimes i wish i was parked like the guy who no one knows <laughs> just say something really cryptic and then leave twitter <laughs> yeah yes i guess he has a lot of time yeah a lot of free time since he doesn't seem to be on twitter i mean he is on twitter but yeah he doesn't have to respond to anyone right yeah in that sense i would like to be like him that's my alarm for get ready for the drop I, okay. I just, every day oh. you, you participate in every drop or no no it's i was um you know when they were a little more affordable but i still i like to go on there and see what the numbers are and you know watch them live it's exciting usually the auctions are ending you know about an hour ago too and those are like so much fun to watch yeah <laughs> yeah for me like it is like when you said it is fun to watch i remember about a friend of mine because he he works on a studio he he works for like he creates music videos for artists and stuff like that so and i share the links with him to see the drop and he kind of gets depressed oh <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about the other side of it that it's not always fun for, That's for true. everyone. I can but see yeah, that. Just, yeah. just kidding. We we just talk and make fun uh, <laughs> of it. But yeah, it's it's always nice to see how the drops go. So yeah. Are there any uh collaborations that you have besides Stu that you're hoping to get? Uh yeah, I have a a collaboration with Lionel Ricci. He uh <laughs> really yeah, he will uh, share an NFT on another platform on crypto.com is a new platform where also Boss Logic shared his work. I'm also working on another. I finished it yesterday or let's say today at 5 a.m. Yeah, I stayed until yeah. 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, to finalize it. And it's not 100% sure, but like I'm talking to someone, I'll send I'll send what I created to them and then they will send it to that person's team. And they then if they approve it, it will be an NFT, but it's not 100% sure. Yeah, there is another collaboration that I might do with a celebrity. I talked with them today, but yeah, it's not, I don't want to say anything before it's done. <laughs> Definitely don't have to. So. Yeah. The Lionel <laughs> yeah. Richie Nugget was was more than enough. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it was too much lag who said they... Yeah, he had Mariah Carey in his inbox. He was like, I don't know. I haven't responded. I don't know what to do with this yet. Wow. <laughs> I'll make a Christmas song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. A Christmas song in too much lag style. <laughs> I'm yeah. in. A lay anime Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty strange. Like, whatever, like everything that is happening now. So, it's, is it important to you that the, the artists you collaborate with are, you know, acceptive of the NFT space and like want to see it do well and like aren't just, you know, hopping in and then hopping out. You mean about like the celebrities or? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is good that they are doing collaboration with artists, but it depends. Like if they just do it and then they disappear, it means like they, they don't care about the NFTs. They just wanted to get some quick money. So yeah, it, like the good thing is that it also helps the artist to to get some money and get to like I guess they are well known if 
they they collaborate with a singer let's say yeah that's true yeah so it helps the artist but i don't know if it helps the the singer let's say because yeah of course it helps in terms of money but i see that collectors aren't really happy with the way that they behave yeah based on what i've seen on discord so as long as it's 50 50 i think that's a lot more fair it's if the if the bigger celebrity is taking like a huge cut and leaving the artist out to dry i think that's kind of lame but as long as the yeah. split's good um you know i think that's awesome and your art kind of lends to it as well it's it's iconic portraits of famous people so it's like yeah. thank you perfect sense yeah by the way it's like 10 seconds oh what's gonna happen i was gonna live purchase if you can pull it off wait a minute i just pictured in you don't have to tell us are you going to create a lionel richie portrait yes yes hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be cool as fuck yeah they didn't say me to not say anything so i guess it's not (laughs) okay so (laughs) you'll have uh Right to change your mind before Thursday. We'll uh, we'll let you know. Are you strong? <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna have quick fingers and snag something? No, I have no money until I get paid. Like I said, which one are you looking at? <laughs> uh, the Aurora Dreaming. Are going to get that now? <laughs> it's a great feeling Grab watching it. those uh, the confetti drop. Yeah, it really is. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Just bought it now. <laughs> I like the Blood Moon <laughs> mystery as well. I guess you can tell that I'm a fan of colorful, yeah, <laughs> artwork. So. <laughs> These are affordable as well. They're nice. I was going to say, I think I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, man. I think people will, um, it'll benefit to know how your the giveaway is structured and mechanics of what you're doing. The I really do like the incentive of, by purchasing an open edition, you have, you know, the opportunity to, you know, win another piece. And yeah, um, getting creative with how you can carry open editions over is, I think, going to be super important going forward. So I'm excited. And I would say dangle it. I would do the giveaway later and make people have to hold the opens or scramble to get one when they remember that you're doing a giveaway and oh, that seems to be the fun part yeah, yeah, yeah i haven't it's not like we have decided about of course it will be like after the open edition ends but not exactly when i think we should wait like maybe <laughs> give it like two weeks or something yeah make like let everybody settle down and and fight over it. and then they'll remember oh yeah there's a giveaway and there'll be a scramble to pick them back up hmm. yeah I should definitely say that to Matthew, who is the the producer. So bounce it off him. Yeah, just, just like uh, not to overlook the secondary market value, right? Because if you have a good secondary market pumping, that's straight to your nifty balance, right? So yeah, it's kind of having your work work for you. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to see this like in the long term, so this is yeah. why I decided about the structure, the price. I like it. Yeah, man. We really appreciate your time. Uh, we're gonna continue collecting and. Thank you. Yeah, man. We had to to we, we had to buy an extra wheezy just so that we had one, just in case we had to flip them at some point. So yeah. <laughs> we have one each and then one together. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank I you. bought I one it. for a, I bought one for 125 and then one for 1,250. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 10x. Yeah. Hopefully you sell it for like 100x. Oh yeah. No, it's not going to be gone. And yeah, it's going to be displayed. We have all three of them together. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Nice, man. Thank I you so much it. for inviting me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So Yeah, yeah well, for sure. Uh, appreciate yep. it, dude. Have nice a great evening, you. man. Good luck. You too. Bye. Peace. Bye. Damn, that's nifty. Hello, hello. Ward. How's it going, Good. man? Good. Is it okay if I leave my video off?
It sure is. Yeah, we saw that uh, you like to remain anonymous. That's cool with us. I was I was half expecting you to just be uh, to have your camera on with the the green face covering. So, <laughs> or, or or be actual Elon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, could be. Your American accent's pretty good, though. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's funny. Yeah, South African accent is kind of it, it's it's slightly different, but you just you can tell there's something a little off. I agree. It's. I find that with Swedish with Swedish people too. They they say almost everything exactly the same, but there's certain words where you're like, "Oh yeah, you're from yeah. Sweden." <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad you reached out though. Um, yeah, I've really not been following your work, but it seems like a lot of other people do. Winning the Shorty Awards for the the best parody <laughs> account out there. You did your research. I wish that I wish that I hadn't done that. To be honest, um, <laughs> it, not that it gives anything away, but it just it makes it even more obvious that I'm not actually Elon Musk. But you know, at the time it was fun. I lost some weight since then. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. You've been on Twitter since 2013. Did I see that right? Yep. Um, yep. So where where did this like just originate? Where where did this idea come from? So it was the day that Elon released a white paper for the Hyperloop. If you guys are familiar with that, basically, you know, high speed train through tunnels. And uh, it was this 40 page white paper that he put out and he did it sort of as like a, Oh, Hey, I had some free time. So I just like developed this technology and I'm going to let anybody who wants to build it, build it for free. And I thought, wow, what an amazing thing. This, this guy did this while he was just bored. You know, he he put out this amazing (laughs) invention and I thought, that's a great that's a great basis for a for a parody and for kind of this this comical character, and so I kind of just ran with it and, and thought, okay, well if he does that in his free time, what else does he think about in his free time while he's sitting on the toilet or just taking a walk? And that that was really it. And so yeah, eight years ago now, um, you know, I, I put this character out and it really picked up the attention of a lot of Silicon Valley folks who had a lot of a you know a big following. They started retweeting it. It got bigger and bigger. And um, eventually, I think it became the biggest parody account, you know, just in terms of follower count that that's ever existed, except for I think tweets from God. But uh, <laughs> that's I don't a hard count one. That as a, yeah, you can't can't top God. But second second is Bordy Elon. Yeah, man, that's all. It's a it's a great person to parody because he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he also like runs five companies, so it's like sky's the limit. Yeah. And and honestly, I got lucky that, you know, he continued to remain in the public spotlight for so long. Um, and that he does have that personality that, you know, he, he embraces memes. He, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, and even a couple of times he, he mentioned me on Twitter, like we've never directly interacted. He doesn't follow me. Uh, his mom does, which is cool. She only follows (laughs) people. May Musk loves me. Um, but yeah, he's mentioned me a couple of times and there's one tweet in particular that still exists that he put out there where somebody asked him, you know, it, am I sort of his like secret troll account? And he acknowledged, he said, yes. And he was clearly, oh being my sarcastic. God. yeah, I'll send it to you guys after this, but you know, he clearly was being sarcastic and, but a lot of people point to that as proof, quote unquote, that, that uh, board Elon is in fact another account run by Elon Musk. So I know, ne- I honestly, I never, I never publicly say I am him. I don't pretend to be him. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm a parody. But uh, he plays into the the, myster- the mystery, and I appreciate that, that he doesn't, like, send his lawyers to shut me down. It's pretty <laughs> believable. That's the thing. It's like he could have a troll account where he's just talking about his ideas. 
Yeah, yeah. The the whole thing is, you know, the whole idea is that like I say what he can't say, and he gets away with a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure his 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 team doesn't always love it, but I appreciate that he is that way. But yeah, sort of the the theme for Bor Elon just as like a uh, a public art project is, you know, here's what he would say in between the tweets that he actually sends out. But some days it gets really hard because the things that he puts out are pretty wild too sometimes and very funny. <laughs> Uh, and, and our worlds occasionally collide when he talks about things like NFTs or, uh, you know, memes and all those kinds of things. So when did you get started with the NFTs? We see you're on Rarible and a couple other places. Yeah. So that really picked up uh, at the beginning of this year to be fully transparent. And I, and I dove in and spent hours and hours learning about the space, listening to a lot of clubhouse rooms. And, you know, it's probably a similar story to, to the masses, right? I'm not going to tell you guys that you know I was I was into this space for three years and you know put a lot of work into the nft community for it to all pay off quickly what I will say is though I spent you know seven or eight years running the board Elon account and growing that community um, you know for free and and doing it just because it was fun and it was a nice hobby but once I learned more and more about nfts I I realized that this might be a path for me to somehow monetize all this work that I had put into growing this parody character. So um, I, I, I embraced kind of learning about it just because I love art, I love creativity. I, I liked to see people who were putting things out there and making money on it um, in ways that, that weren't happening before. You know, I, I followed lots of other pro uh, projects like Patreon and um, you know, other forms of just kind of you know, helping creators monetize and none of them really to me stood out as like, this is the solution to long-term revenue for creators. But when I started to learn more and more about NFT, that, that was something special. And then, you know, over the last few months, as you guys have seen, uh, serious money has been made, maybe not by everybody, but serious money has been made by artists who, you know, were basically broke for the last five, 10 years. So um, I just started learning more about it. And then once I started putting out my own NFTs and collaborating with others and realizing like there was something there, for me, I dove headfirst into it. And I still have a full-time job. I'm still like a productive member of society, but Bored Elon, the side, side project became Bored Elon, the thing that you know makes me more money than my actual job does. So that's kind of interesting. How long that will last, I don't know, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in the space and uh, appreciate that you guys are putting so much valuable knowledge out there too. We probably got started around the same time you did. Uh, that's kind of when the explosion happened where, you know, you start hearing about it from everyone. And then right after that, you know, start telling your family members. And then there's so <laughs> many people in the, you know, creating and collecting now for NFTs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've, I've uh, shared this with a few family members. Not many people know who I, you know, who I really am and not many people understand the NFT space. To be honest, I kind of, shortcutted a lot of conversations by just telling people like, oh yeah, I invested in cryptocurrency a few years back and made some money after it all paid off because even my most tech savvy friends, it takes me hours and hours to explain how NFTs work. And then the natural questions of, well, why are people spending money on this? I don't understand it, you know, but it's gotten to the point where Saturday Night Live is, you know, running parodies of what NFTs are all about. I saw so that. <laughs> with Pete Davidson and everybody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's entered mainstream culture, but um, it's good to hear that you guys, you know, are, are fairly recent to it as well. So I think, you know, the big question I have now is we've gone through this, this huge wave. It's clearly slowed down to some degree in terms of, uh, you know, the money that's rolling into the space. And I'm curious to see where it goes next. Yeah. I, it, I think it all comes down to now 
<clears throat> that there are people in there. It's how they build and expand and, and connect and kind of create value off of what they've already curated. Right. So I was curious, uh, like you said, you collab. And I, I was also wondering, do you do like I, I stumbled across some of your stuff on. I think it was open sea. Do you do that, that artwork yourself or do you collab with an artist? How does, uh, how do you get? So when I, yeah, at first when I started getting into it and it was still kind of emerging at the beginning of this year in terms of like mass adoption, I did, I did, uh, do a lot of the work myself. And that was literally just taking like, um, some of my basic, you know, Photoshop skills and procreate skills with the iPad and just kind of creating stuff myself as, um, and I sold some of those pieces. And honestly, the first the first time I sold a piece for like 0.5 ETH, you know, I kind of laughed hysterically just because I was like, I can't believe this is working, you know? <laughs> and I and and honestly, the thing that made me kind of really just shocked was when I when I took an open source picture of of Mars, the planet Mars, and created this thing called the Mars coin as kind of just a collectible. Didn't take a lot of effort, honestly, to make that. But um, when I put that, when I put a thousand of those out there and after a couple of days ended up selling a hundred of them, that was what really struck me as, okay, I'm starting to understand that a digital collectible is just as valuable as a physical collectible. I started putting, you know, my own stuff out there. And then as the market kind of flooded and got more popular and really talented artists that were far more talented than I started pumping their art into the market. Um, I realized that the things that I was creating w weren't going to stand out and it wasn't good enough. And so that's where I started collaborating with other artists and where I kind of shifted gears is instead of becoming an artist and putting out my own art, I I've kind of been referring to myself almost as a gallerist, right? Where like I can use my influence and my following to showcase artists that I think are cool and talented and then just do revenue shares with them. 50, 50, they get a cut, I get a cut and everyone's a winner. And that's like the role of the traditional gallery, right? is you have a building and you have a, a network and you put great art up on the walls and you sell it and you split it with the artists. So we're just doing that again in the virtual world and doing it at an accelerated pace. So to some degree, I think this is more effective for me and like the better value that I can bring to the market versus creating stuff myself. It's a cool way to describe that for sure. It's a gallerist. Yeah. Who the artist less, less snooty, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, some of the some of the artists are you know all they're kind of across the world. The the one that I'm most excited about right now is I, I'm working with um, a really talented artist. His name is Darren Bacon, and he is one of the the lead artists um, working on the new Halo Infinite game. Nice. And uh, he's worked for Disney, a lot of other folks, and he he we've created two pieces together um, around the concept of Mars and intersections with film. So the first piece was basically taking Mad Max Fury Road and uh, he threw some cyber trucks into it. So it's kind of like <laughs> the scene of, of Mars and uh, cyber trucks instead of the, the, the cars from Fury Road. And the second is uh, James Bond Goldfinger. And he took uh, kind of that classic scene of Sean Connery leaning against the Aston Martin and applied the, uh, the Mars treatment to that. So, you know, the fact that I, you know, I'm, I'm really into video games personally. And the fact that I'm working with somebody of that talent, of that caliber, is pretty amazing to me and I'm, I'm helping elevate him and give him more visibility. So um, like I said, it's a, it's a win-win and those are, those are on open sea. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of shocked they haven't been snatched up yet, but I think they will be in a, in a few days. Awesome. I also saw in there that you um, accept payment in those Mars coins. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted, wanted to create something that is both a collectible, but also uh, 
a unit of value. I don't necessarily want to say that I launched my own cryptocurrency. It's it's not that. Um, but basically, the deal that I've given people is if somebody wants to buy a piece of art from me in the future, if they hold Marscoin, I'll give them a 25% discount. Or if they want uh, to trade Marscoin for me or tr- trade Marscoin for the art, uh, I'll do that as well. Because right now they're they're valued at about 0.25 ETH each. So it's almost kind of going back to the old barter system, right? Like instead of using money to buy something, you trade me hay and I give you wood, whatever it is. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of that. And I think people will start to treat NFT more like trading cards, right? You give me this, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to call it a cryptocurrency because a, I don't want to get in trouble for launching a security because it's not a security; <laughs> it's just a piece of art. Um, and people have been doing it. And and the biggest thing for me isn't so much the trading; it's like what I refer to as incentive to to hold, right? So if you hold these Mars coin and you get discounts or you get other benefits in the future from them, to me that that helps maintain the value of that of that NFT. Yeah, it's a similar thing that some of the artists are doing on Nifty Gateway with the open editions where you know, you get rewarded for having those. It's actually a really cool concept that you could get a 25% discount if you were like an open edition holder. Yeah, It's like a customer loyalty program, basically. And I think it's really smart. And I think you'll you'll continue to see people use that that model. It's crazy. Everyone we talk to has a little bit of a different twist on it. It almost feels like um, these smart contracts, you can pretty much do anything with them. What I mean, have you have any other ideas you can discuss that, you know, aren't, you know, top secret or anything, but uh, different things you've uh, thrown around with uh, your team to figure out, you know, how do you entice people? Are there any like physicals or any other incentives that kind of get people into the NFT game? Yeah. I mean, the one of the biggest things that is appealing to me and I think for many other people is that the crypto space for folks, for non-technical folks like myself was kind of just restricted to buying and selling and trading uh, cryptocurrency. And like, the ability for NFTs to give you kind of this this chance to kind of program in a way and uh, transact beyond just like trading is really interesting, right? So I'm never going to be able to like launch my own cryptocurrency. I don't have the technical skills to do that. But with with everything that's being built with NFTs right now, it gives it gives people a lot of creativity uh, and, and sort of methods for monetization and for uh, creating content in, in in new and interesting ways. But in terms of just kind of ideas for others. I think one of the biggest things that I just wanted to impart is that NFTs have given a lot of opportunities to people beyond sort of the traditional artist, right? So like, I'm not a painter, I'm not a musician. um, I'm just a writer. I was writing content for seven or eight years. And monetizing written content is really hard. And the only way people have really have been able to do that is to run ads, uh, or like, you know, sell, sell their sell their words in exchange for promoting a product. And, uh, that to me has always felt a little kind of, I don't know, gross, I guess. It, you know, you're kind of trading in your your uh, your voice for, for the promotion of a brand. So with NFT, I think, you know, other folks who are not traditional artists, quote unquote, can find avenues now to make money and maybe even serious money um, in ways they couldn't before. And again, I, I referenced Patreon where it's kind of like this, you know, subscribe to my feed, give me money because I'm a good person and I'm doing cool stuff model and like that worked fairly well but i don't necessarily think that's a long-term solution like guilting people into giving you money because you're doing good work is not (laughs) it's not going to work you know right right. um yeah it's got a limited fan base but with nft i think people feel like they're getting something right i'm not just giving to you because it makes me feel good i'm getting something even if it's a little digital file that isn't isn't worth anything 
um, that exchange of value, I think, is what gives this a lot of a lot more potential. Right. It's almost like it, it's minted from the creator's wallet to your wallet. And it feels like you did receive something that I mean, physical is the wrong word, but that's the only way we can really relate to it, I think, right now. Yeah, exactly. And and I guess back to your question in terms of like what other projects I'm working on and, and think has a lot of potential. Um, I think creating NFT that somehow grow and change over time is is going to be the future. So if you guys have, you know, heard of things like, for example, uh, pool together, that's an example of like, you're buying something that accumulates interest. And it's sort of like this lottery raffle model where basically, one owner of this particular, let's call it asset, um, actually wins money over time or gains interest over time. So like, if I buy a piece of art, for example, and that art grows in value, because of actions that are being taken in the future, that's a more appealing piece of art than just something that looks pretty and I want to hang on my wall. So we're just in the early sort of stages of this, but I think that, yeah, as people figure out how to use like NFTs in ways that change and evolve over time based on what a community does or based on how users interact with it, um, those are the ones that are going to stand out more than just the things that look beautiful or sound beautiful or whatever it might be. I, um, from a fan base perspective, at what point were you, did you like, um, kind of realize, oh shit, like I got something here. Like I got to keep tweeting as bored Elon Musk because the people want me to do it. Was there like a, an aha moment where you're like, I gotta keep doing this. Yeah. It was about six months into it back in 2013. I was, you know, at 500 followers, a thousand followers. And I was just kind of doing it as a, a fun side project that, Honestly, it just let me tweet things that I wouldn't tweet under my human account, whatever my real person account, because, um, you know, everything is going to be getting you fired or whatever. So um, I got retweeted by an investor named Jason Calacanis, and uh, he had 500,000 followers. And then all of a sudden, all the sort of big wigs in Silicon Valley started following me. And I jumped from, you know, a thousand followers to like a million followers in six months. And wow. that. Yeah, that was a that was a big a big sort of aha moment, um, and that's what kept me going. It was just kind of that sort of dopamine hit of, wow, I have this huge following, and every time I tweet something now, it gets you know a hundred retweets or a thousand likes, and I guess this is what like you know Instagram influencers feel like all the time when they post pictures. But that was kind of cool, and um, you know I just kept it up for a very long time, and honestly, it got harder and harder. You know, going for seven years and trying to think of stupid inventions or clever you know, ideas, you, you, you hit those points where you just run out of things to talk about. Um, so at a certain point, I actually uh, started hiring freelancers who are like former onion writers and people who, you know, are comedy writers by trade to help me out. And, and honestly, I only use like one or two at a time. And the vast majority of the tweets are mine. But sometimes I just need a little kick in the ass and some help uh, <laughs> to, to keep the content flowing. But it's again, cool I, that you use your platform to help out all of these people, though, you know, it seems like you employ and share revenue with, you know, a lot of different creators, you know, just based on your ability to grow a platform so quickly. And some of that's luck, you know, it's not, the writing's great, but I mean, that one tweet, you know, sent you from a thousand to a million almost in six months. So it's like, it's cool that you're yeah. using your powers for good. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And then when this NFT kind of, you know, um, rise uh, or the recent rise took place and I, you know, made a, a decent chunk of change, I committed to spending 10% of the, uh, the earnings at least um, on other artists. And I remember in the first month, um, you know, I ended up spending like $20,000 on, on art that I just liked. You know, if, if I thought about spending $20,000 on art with my own money, I guess you could say, 
it'd be insane. Like I, I, that, that seems like the most impractical and irresponsible thing to do, but um, I thought it was important, right? Like I got lucky and I'm going to try to make someone else's day and collect something that I think is cool. And maybe that'll be worth something, you know, in the future. But if it's not, I, I help somebody out. I, I, I basically understand that I'm playing with house money now and uh, it doesn't matter anymore if I lose it all. <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing, honestly, for me, when I got started this year was I wanted to make enough money on NFTs to just pay for an engagement ring for uh, my fiance, who I proposed to recently. And I did that. So everything else is gravy at this point. Board Grimes. <laughs> Board Grimes. Yes. Let's, let's say that's the name. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I think that's the sentiment in the NFT community all around. It's, it's been very uh, welcoming and everyone's just trying to help everybody out. It's pretty great to see. Yeah. And I think to some degree with uh, the world of art, music and others, um, it's kind of broken down the middlemen, right? There's a lot of middlemen who would take their cut and they didn't necessarily share that or, or, you know, make uh, monetization of art equitable. So I don't want to repeat what they did. Like if I'm going to be a quote unquote gallerist, I'm not going to, you know, be a gatekeeper and stop people from, from creating. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to split everything as evenly as I can. Cause honestly, I'm not doing that much work, right? All I bring is an audience. And if somebody is, you know, breaking their back to make a really cool piece of art, they should get at least half, if not more, they're being generous and giving me half. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I had an idea the other night about the way platforms take cuts uh, from the artist on primaries and secondary sales, and I was thinking if they wanted to promote NFTs long term, they would get rid of the primary cut that they take and only focus on the secondary sales. That way, you know that they're promoting the artist, they're choosing the right ones for the long term. What what are your thoughts on that? It just popped in my head last night, actually. Yeah, I mean, the secondary market and the royalties piece is enormous. And I think that, you know, as I've explained the whole space to to, to newbies, um, that's the one that makes their eyes, their eyes pop wide open. It's, you know, because there's so many stories, right, of an artist selling something for a couple thousand bucks, and then a decade later, it's like at Christie's for $20 million, and, and that artist doesn't get a cut of it. I think that's huge. And I think that the royalties piece, that's what's going to help people make money while they sleep and the original, the original creators. Um, I think the biggest challenge right now is this cross platform, you know, NFT exchange issue, right? Where if I sell it on Rarible, but then it sells on OpenSea, but then it goes to foundation, whatever. I don't think there's a clean way to track all that. And I don't think people are earning all the, the, uh, the revenue they're they're supposed to be getting, but I do think we'll get there. And yeah, and you can um, also take them and put them in your wallet and do like side trades, you know, and like then you're definitely bypassing all of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think once you take that model that we're seeing in NFTs and apply it to other spaces, like for example, video games, um, the possibilities grow exponentially because you know, imagine you're on Fortnite and you do, you develop your own skin as an NFT. And you sell that to a thousand people who want to play uh, as the skin in, in, in Fortnite, and then they resell it, and it keeps going up and up. I mean, honestly, I, I think that the NFT wave that we saw is going to slow down. But then once video games adopt it, it becomes a trillion dollar in this industry, and that money isn't just going to Epic or Activision or Sony; it's going to the people who are creating content within the games. Um, we're not there yet, but I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I've also heard people say like you could take um, viable content from one game and bring it to a different game with you. Exactly. And that's and that's kind of where this whole idea of the metaverse is really important, where you can transfer content from one platform to another. 
But, you know, right now we live in a world where, you know, something lives on Apple or on Steam or on, you know, Xbox Live and they're not interoperable. Um, so we have to figure out a way to be able to kind of move content or digital assets between different platforms. But, you know, as you guys can imagine, there's a lot of uh, incentive for those platform owners to not let that happen because they want their, you know, 33% cut or whatever it is. So you said you were collecting um, any artists you have your eye on for collecting and what platforms do you typically um, buy from? So where I think I've spent the most money recently <laughs> is uh, a website called POW NFT. Uh, it's proof of work NFT. And, um, what that is, is it's, it's this interesting project where basically you mine, uh, using your computer, you mine uh, NFTs. So like you run this miner, it works in Chrome or you know any other type of browser, um, and it generates one atom from the periodic table, right? So iodine, iron, sulfur, whatever it might be, totally random. And you basically um, spend about 0.1 to 0.2 ETH to actually mine and mint this, this atom. And that sort of creates a floor. So you're not going to sell that thing for less than what you mined it for. Um, and in a way, it's kind of like Top Shot or even Pokemon cards. You don't know what atom you're going to get. Uh, hopefully you get a rare one like gold or whatever. And sometimes you get hydrogen, which is worthless. But I spent probably 25 ETH in the last month on, on mining these things. And the cool thing about it too is like you don't have to have some giant PC or, or a rig to mine these things. You can do it, like I said, in your browser. So to me, that's kind of like collectible slash piece of beautiful art. Um, and that's where I'm just spending a lot of my, my investment. The, the stuff that you see on Super Rare that's selling for 10 or 20 ETH, um, I think that's cool. But honestly, you have to really understand the art space to know where to invest. And I just don't have the time or the knowledge to do it. So I found something kind of different. I'm banking on it becoming a widespread, well-known entity in the future, and it might be worth something or it won't. But when I'm buying NFTs, honestly, I'm just assuming they're all going to go to zero. I'm not, I'm not treating them as an investment at this point. So many projects out there. We just stumbled yeah. upon one yesterday. What's it called, Larry? Like ASCII, ASCII punks. And I guess it's actually minted on chain. You give it a random seed number and it builds this punk in ASCII, like computer language, I guess. I'm not that tech savvy, but pretty cool there's only 2000 of them there were like uh tiered pricing the earlier ones were cheaper and then as it uh went along they got a little bit more expensive but like you said hopefully they're awesome in the future and maybe they won't be and then i'm only down a half of eth whatever yeah i mean i don't know what your guys experience is like i you know say 30 days ago it felt like it was red hot and if I had to like assign a number or a percentage, I guess, to where I think the market is right now, I feel like it's at 10% of what it used to be a month ago in terms of sales of NFT. And, uh, but I'm curious, you guys talk to so many people. Do you, do you feel like it's the same or is it better than I'm thinking it is? I think it's, I think it's going to be healthy because now the, the wave of incentivizing early, early adopters is out there. So it spiked, it peaked on a, on a, on an initial wave, but as long as my opinion is as long as the artists who are committed to sticking around, keep some sort of connection between, between their pieces and their projects and however it might be, you're going to see more scarcity now coming soon too, uh, probably. And that's probably a good thing. It was like a rush. We're still kind of in the beginning of or like the back end of a rush. Yeah. I think, it, I what think I'd it, like it's just going to be up and down and like anything else, but it's going to steadily project. Yeah. Yeah. I think, upward. I think the, uh, the lack of scarcity is part of the issue right now. It feels like every, every, you know, everyone's 
uh, collections are flooded with stuff that, you know, people are gifting them. Like I, it's funny, like once I got kind of bigger on Rarible and every time I was on the uh, homepage as one of the top sellers for the day, I'd get 10 or 20 NFTs from other people as quote unquote <laughs> gifts. But, you know, they're basically just trying to use the cachet of Bordelon and for people to see that, oh, I have this person's, you know, NFT in their collection. But it, it sort of unfortunately flooded my feed so that when people went to my profile, they were seeing like random Dogecoin <laughs> art instead of what I wanted them to see. Right. And uh, I actually created an NFT on my Rarible account that I've been giving or sending back to those folks. And it's just like a picture of me. And it kind of says like, stop sending me your shitty NFTs. I don't want I them. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see <laughs> that one on there. It's lime green, right? It's lime green and it's kind of tongue in cheek. Like I don't, I don't mean to be a, a dick about it, but I'm just kind of like creating this public trail of, um, you know, if I sent you this thing, it's, it's pretty bad yeah. <laughs> and I don't want you to do it anymore. And some people burned them and some people kept them and thought it was really cool that I did it. Cause I'm spending money to actually send people this That's passive true. aggressive NFT. <laughs> and what you guys were talking about with the, the market right now, I think it tracks to the crypto market as well. And that was a little tumultuous in the past couple of weeks. And I also think that, uh, you know, some of the artists we've talked to thinks there's definitely going to be a bubble at some point, but I think when that bubble pops and everyone gets back in, that'll be the new ground level where we'll see it all level out. I think it'll be really nice. I mean, I can't even project how many months. I mean, it's all been happening so fast. This might've been the bubble and it might be about to take off in like a week. I don't know. Yeah. And, and to the point about um, scarcity and just the flood of NFTs, um, I mean, free idea for anyone listening is creating some kind of system where you're incentivized for burning NFT. So once you're given NFTs or you acquire them and you don't want them, if you get something for burning um, and you score points or whatever it might be, I think that would be amazing because we're going to have to basically destroy a lot of the the the, uh, <laughs> the filler, I guess, that's in the market to add value back or create a perception that like the rare stuff is in fact rare and valuable. I don't know how to do that technically, but I think someone should do that or the platforms like Rarible or OpenSea um, should think about how to do that. Because it's it's in their interest for their marketplaces not to be flooded with stuff that is is worthless. That makes sense. Yeah, it's happening. I guess right. Operation Melt Faces. Yeah. Explain. Um, can I explain? Yeah, yeah. It's up. It's out there on Twitter, front to back. I'm, I'm wondering if I can like. Oh, like can you explain it? Explain it properly because I don't want to explain it wrong, which I, I likely do. I think that so our our friend Slime Sunday. Um, he did a collaboration with Blau under the name SSX Blau, and they just had a release maybe three weeks ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Well, they ended up doing a couple of open editions. One was uh, called Faces, and it was only $333, which was really low for Nifty Gateway at the time. Uh, and they ended up selling like almost 5000 So they, after the fact, um, basically came out with a way to, they said, melt your faces. You could burn six and that would give you um, another nft from them or you can also burn every one you want and it, every one you burn puts you in a drawing for a one of one from them so i think they're trying to control their denominator right now for that open edition and i think that's a cool way to do it like you're saying the platforms themselves should probably implement something just to clean them up especially um rareable and foundation in those places because you can really put anything you want out there yeah, exactly. And then part of the issue as well is, you know, the gas fees and that's, that's a broader problem. But um, if I want to burn 20 or 30 NFTs out of my, my collection that I don't want, 
you know, I'm going to spend quite a bit of money because I have to do it one by one. And I think that's just, that's just a broader issue with Ethereum that, you know, maybe will sol be solved for in the future. In an ideal world, honestly, I wish that this whole space didn't grow so much on Ethereum. It's a great, it's a great uh, crypto, but um, it really is gatekeeping smaller artists from, from the market if they have to spend 50 bucks in order to to make a hundred or, or even less, it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't look at that stuff because I've, I've made enough to, I guess, justify it. But I, I look at other crypto like stellar, for example, and you know, you can spend a penny to send a payment. That's, that's what this should be, you know, in the very near future, this is not going to be sustainable if you're spending 10, 20, $30 every time you have to move something or, or burn something. I totally agree. I mean, I, by no means uh, a whale, we, mess around with thousand dollar NFTs. I'm not buying anything huge. So when we're on super rare and I'm just trying to, you know, put one of mine up for sale and it costs me $200 to put a list price on it. I'm like, what am I doing? So it's kept <laughs> me out of some of those platforms as a collector, just because it's, it's so hard to put your NFTs back up for sale. And if you move them from platform to platform, moving them from wallet to wallet, it just gets expensive. Yeah, it, it does. And the and the whole promise of this space is that you have full control over your money and there's uh there's no you know gouging of fees and all these things. So um, you know, again, I think we'll get there and I'm eagerly awaiting ETH 2.0, whatever that looks like, uh, as is I'm sure everybody else. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it's it's good to see that I think NFT have helped buoy the price of of Ethereum and, and crypto in general. So if nothing else, everybody who's sitting on a little bit of that is uh, is making money in terms of their investment. True, good point. It was coincided with Ethereum in that run that it made turn of the new year, and then obviously through uh, through February into now. But um, I was going to ask what um <laughs> what are the top few tweets for you that are sitting in your drafts folder that like you have <laughs> typed, but like I can't send that. Ooh, so my biggest red flag area is honestly um, tweeting anything that is too referential or personal to Elon. Like, first of all, I'm I'm a fan of his, and I think my my content usually shows that. I don't like I'm not meant to troll him, but I think that you know whenever he, whenever he does something you know related to Tesla or SpaceX or if anything happens in his personal life or whatever, I don't touch that because I just think that a that's going to trigger attention that I don't want, and b um, it, it breaks, it breaks the theme, right? Like the whole, the whole account was built around just stupid inventions. Um, <laughs> and so that's what I try to stick to last year. It was kind of hard not to come up with ideas or tweets that were a little political just cause everything was so polarized and volatile. And, um, you know, even though those types of tweets sometimes were really popular and got a lot of engagement, it stopped being fun. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to really tweet anymore. So I think a lot of people honestly got caught up in 2020, especially in tweeting things that made one side or another side happy. And uh, I just kind of went back to, no, you know, the focus of, of board Elon is really complicated solutions to simple problems, right? It's like, yeah. it's first, how do you solve first world problems? That's, that's it. And so it's, it's that, and then it's stuff related to Mars and what our future life on Mars is going to be like. And to be honest, you know, my biggest concern now from the last three months is tweeting too much about NFT and not tweeting about, you know, <laughs> the core, the core proposition. Like I got put on blast by uh, Dustin Moskovitz, who is one of the co-founders of Facebook and is a billionaire. And he was like, man, I'm sick of hearing about NFTs, Borealine, like go back to how it used to be. And we got into this whole, like, it was a friendly exchange on Twitter, but like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I won't do it for 48 hours. I'll do, I'll go back to my old ways. 
And, um, you know, like I, I, I honestly do worry about that because there's a lot of people who follow me who don't give a shit about NFT and I feel like I'm kind of shilling all the time and I'd stop doing it if, if people stop buying them, but they're not. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm putting, I'm putting stuff out there that I think now balances, you know, the old board Elon inventions and ideas, uh, and a little bit of, of NFT stuff, which, which honestly it is shilling, but again, if people like it and people are buying it, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it. We've built a platform, you know, you deserve that. Use it. How That's you how want. I think about it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But I don't want to lose my followers. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want people who uh, just have zero interest in that to, to get bored or just to, you know, stop following me. So I'm, I'm trying to find the right balance. How do you think the reception is from your, the, your followers on them just in general? Has it been like a, like a funny back and forth or I'm assuming there's, you have some sort of like Twitter algorithm in your head for engagement that you kind of monitor. And I guess if you, you map anything when you go to the NFT route. If you're- yeah, I get, I mean, I get way more engagement from my sort of pithy uh, tweets and inventions that are not related to NFT. When I do post you know, really cool images or videos that I've created or collaborated on. They do fairly well, but the engagement is not as high. I've kind of used this um, this manual model of if something doesn't get 50 retweets or like 500 likes, I'll delete it. So like I've done that for seven years because I don't want people to come to my account and see mediocre content. So I'll always delete the stuff that underperforms. But That's cool. I th- I've never heard of that before. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think a lot more people should do it. And honestly, like Twitter is really important for NFT uh, for the NFT community. So I recommend that people do that. Just go back and prune your tweets. Um, things that are not timely anymore, for example, and things that don't perform because that first impression when people land on your account is really important and you want them to see the best stuff. And I yeah, think it's partially, curating. It's like what you're mm-hmm. saying with the platforms, you know, you got to burn those NFTs. Yeah. Burn your NFTs and burn your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say that like, I honestly got lucky that I built this, this board Elon brand on Twitter, because for whatever reason, it seems like that's the platform to be on for, for, for the NFT space, not Instagram or Facebook or anything else. It's, it's Twitter. And so I'm glad to see it. A lot of the artists didn't really have a Twitter following. They were all Instagram based. So they're all building that base up now. And I don't think it's, it's a one-to-one conversion. A lot of them didn't move over to Twitter with them. So it's been tough from what I've seen from some of the artists out there. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. I mean, at first, at the beginning of the year, Clubhouse is really great for learning about NFT. And I think a lot of people thought that was a great place to promote it, uh, promote your stuff, but, but it's not, you know, it's, it's inefficient and it's hard to kind of discover people and see what they're working on. So as much as I liked Clubhouse uh, and listened to it pretty religiously for, for like a month to learn about the space, um, I've dropped it pretty quick because I found I was just kind of wasting time there and not, not getting the curated, uh, listening like I'm getting on podcasts like yours. And the other issue, personal issue I had with Clubhouse is that they don't allow uh, pseudonyms. Like you have to, you know, be who you are. And I tried to make a pseudonym account and I basically got blocked and my device got blocked and I got kicked off Clubhouse and I can't create wow. an account. So I'm going to stick with with uh, Twitter spaces if I want to use uh, any kind of live chat features. And I hope to see that, you know, they grow that, that, uh, that community. This has been great, man. I, we really yeah. didn't know what to expect when you reached out. I mean, it sounds like you were on the right path, my friend, you know, doing great things for the space and building up other artists and writers and using your platform for good. How'd you find Yeah, that? no, thank you. How'd I find you? Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I was going through podcasts and just kind of searching for the keyword NFT. And there honestly weren't that many podcasts that were covering the space. So found you through search, listened to a bunch of your episodes, learned a lot. And um, I reached out just because you guys have had a, a really kind of eclectic mix of guests. And um, 
I, I definitely appreciated that, you know, you were putting a lot of effort into just educating people. So I thought it would be good to talk to you just because like, you know, there's a lot of traditional visual artists who are doing big things in the NFT space, but I wanted to kind of let people know that, you know, if you're a writer or a different kind of artist, there is potential there. And I guess what I'll leave you with is if there are people listening who, you know, are writers or people who are sort of in the non-traditional art space, like performance art or whatever, um, they can f- feel free to reach out and I'm happy to offer guidance and counsel. And this was your first podcast? It was, I mean, I haven't done any podcasts as Board Elon. So yeah, it's my first podcast interview. This will be your one of one. No more. Just this. No more podcasts. No minted. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to put my voice out there too much because once people get tools that scrape audio and figure out who whose voice belongs to who, I'm pretty screwed. We're not there yet. So close. Yeah. Hey, that's be a cool invention though. You should tweet it. Shazam for voices. Oh yeah, that's it. Was... it. I don't. I don't want that to exist. I'm not going to put the. I guess I already put the idea out there. We'll cut this. We'll cut this. <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys for for having me. I I do really appreciate the conversation. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Damn, that's nifty.